in psychology circles, there's a very famous study um, by uh, Leper and Green uh, where they got children, preschool children from memory, uh, to do drawing, basically. And uh, these children would, first of all, draw out of free will. Right? They identified as drawers. Then after they were just drawing for free will, for what I call audience of none, just because just they wanted to draw and do it, they were given uh, a reward. I can't remember if it was money or praise um, for drawing. And so first of all, they were drawing because they wanted to. Second of all, they were given a reward for drawing. What they found in the group that was getting a reward that they introduced for drawing is that once they stopped giving the award, the children started drawing half as much. It actually reduced. And so this it's this crazy kind of breakdown we have between intrinsic and extrinsic drives. And that's what the next section of this podcast is going to be uh, based on and what we're going to talk a bit about today. So super fascinating story with that study and it's part of obviously there's so much psychological research into this area. And just to make sure it's clear, intrinsic, you, if, as you can think of it very easily, internal. Intrinsic, internal means comes from within. Extrinsic, easily enough, external, comes from outside. Right? So what is the difference between an intrinsic and extrinsic or in terms of examples, right? So I guess all kind of rewards given to you kind of are kind of obviously extrinsic because someone else has to give them to you. So money, for example, is only extrinsic. Right? Money is not intrinsically rewarding because what is money? Money is actually what we call a secondary conditioner, which means it's only valuable because of what else it can get you. Right? Money on its own is just whatever material it's made of. It's been a range of materials over the years from gold to silver to whatever else to paper and notes and plastic. And now more and more it's becoming digital. And then also we've got <laughs> Bitcoin and stuff like that. And on its own, those things are not necessarily valuable. If there's an apocalypse, what I call the apocalypse test, which is imagine <laughs> all of society gets shut down tomorrow because of the apocalypse. What do you still have that's valuable? You know, very, very kind of doom and gloomy kind of test because you realize your job is probably no longer meaningful, it holds no value. Certainly your wealth, your financial wealth anyway, holds no value. All those things can be taken away. Money tomorrow actually offers no value to you unless people still agree that they're willing to exchange things for money so it's a story right but that story means that it doesn't have any intrinsic or doesn't have much intrinsic value apart from the material it's made from which is fascinating to think about because we don't think of money in that way normally so money is only valuable for what it can get you it's a secondary conditioner it's the other thing that's good it's the thing on the other side of the purchase right? Um, house, luxury goods, travel experiences, mansions, you name it. Also, I guess the, the options it, it appears to bring. And when people don't know what they want, sometimes they really want a lot of money because if they don't know what they want, they can just have heaps of options instead. Remember, that's the idea that Peter Thiel uh, discusses in uh, Zero to One, his book. So that's super interesting too. Some of the other examples of extrinsic rewards and, and motivators, praise is a big one. And praise is, the tr is one of the trickiest ones in my opinion. So praise, don't forget, comes from other people. And 
other people are not you. Your mother and father are not you. Your family are not you. The people you look up to and your heroes are also not you. So we're very susceptible to praise, uh, especially for people we look up to, people we feel like we have an affinity with. can be very hard kind of reward to resist. And that's the criticism of a lot of people um, in fields like academia or in the charity kind of sector and aid. A lot of those people not motivated financially per se, but they're very motivated for or to get recognition and uh, approval from others. And there's a lot of people that argue those are more dangerous and more toxic. Super interesting. Well, they're certainly more psychologically challenging. So those are some of the examples of, I guess, extrinsic rewards, things that come from outside. Intrinsic is just genuous, genuine enjoyment that comes from you. So in that study, the children <laughs> start drawing because drawing is just fun. For kids, drawing is just fun. Before they become aware of themselves, before we teach them fear and to judge, judge art in a particular way, it's just a natural thing to do. So one of my favorite questions is the audience of none question. I talked about a little bit in the previous episode, which is what would you do, you know, if you were performing for no one but an empty theater? You didn't get any praise. You didn't get any money. You didn't get anything apart from the joy of doing it. It's like, what would you perform even if you knew no one would ever see it or witness it? And would you still do it? All right, because if you do that, you do it for an audience of none, we say. And I think... In the, in the next episodes, we'll talk about why for those kids in that example, in that study, which is a principle that tra translates in much later on in life, which you'll be able to tell for yourself through observation, why something can start out as an intrinsic and end up extrinsic. Even for me, like this is a very good opportunity to just reflect more on, I guess, my psychology when I was at school. Because I was normally in, a, I guess, what you'd call high achieving positions like academically uh, I don't say that to boast because I didn't very <laughs> really see that as being a waste of kind of time or largely a waste of time now and you can't it, I guess when I look back at that time I kind of got hooked on the external feedback and being seen as the the smart kid at times it gave me this identity that I could live up to but really the image came from outside so in, in the, again, to use the apocalypse test, if there was an apocalypse or if maybe a bit softer, the audience of none test, if there was no one around at school and there were no other people, you know, there wouldn't be much incentive for me to top the class or be the best or be the smartest or try, certainly try to be the smartest. wouldn't say I ever was. So it starts to get really interesting. And I had definitely the experience of you know, especially I was very interested in leadership opportunities when I was at school. And that's a, that's, how's that for a big pr cultural problem, school leadership positions, all the politics and what a, what a funny construct and what a funny game to make people play. Uh, and it's really counterintuitive <laughs> way of looking at leadership. But I always wanted to have, a, I guess, a really good leadership position. And if I was ever disappointed, it was kind of, you know, firstly disappointment that you'd missed out and you thought you were better than the person who got it, even though it was a voting system. And uh, whether there was foul play or not, who knows? But then you start to feel guilty because you realize, you know, being a leader shouldn't be about wanting to be in charge. And there's a good Nelson Mandela quote 
from memory about that, which is, you know, great leaders lead from the back in good times and when bad times, paraphrasing here, when bad times come, they, then they come to the front and lead. So it's a funny way to think about leadership, getting, you know, anxious about oh, not being selected as the captain of the year or something like that, uh, to then reflect back on while well, a real leader wouldn't need the title to do it. There's probably a lot of, if there's anyone young listening to, to this now thinking, yeah, but I kind of like the title. Well, you know, I don't, I don't blame you. It's very attractive as a big allure. Certainly did for me back in the day too. So nothing to feel guilty about. But it is fundamentally the wrong idea. Let's be clear about that. So don't judge, but it is, it is the wrong idea and, it is very, and it's extrinsic. And we're going to talk more about, well, is all extrinsic bad? Is, all, is it all good? Or, you know, we're going to talk about that in coming episodes. So we can get clear on that. But I guess we want to establish today the difference. Another thing I'll allude to just to finish this one off, which is in uh, my chapter of our, the book we've got coming out, the 18 and Lost So Are We book with the, with the eight authors, which was, has been great fun to work on. And I kind of use this uh, analogy at the end of uh, my chapter which is about the orchestra. This idea that I was reflecting on, I guess, a way of understanding our lives as we're kind of born as the, uh, the conductor on a stage, but we have no idea how to conduct, right? We're just dumped in the world with a body, most of us with four limbs and some cognitive function, and we just kind of, yeah, you go at it. Maybe you've got parents and good people to look after you along the way, but not necessarily. So it's this whole crazy, uh, and there's a, this is a philosophical and existential idea as well of thrownness, like you're just kind of randomly thrown into, you weren't born 400 years ago, you weren't born 400 years in the future, you are born now to these two parents under these circumstances during a world war, during COVID, whatever, and it's all completely, and it's just, this is just where you found yourself. You have nothing to deserve being born at this time, it just happens. So you're, the, you're this conductor on the stage, but you don't know how to conduct. You've got an audience, and you've got musicians with you on stage and they've got instruments. You don't know anything at all. And so because you don't know and you feel very naked and, and you're being stared at by everyone in the crowd, a lot of time you turn to that, that crowd, that audience, sorry, and try and listen to what they want you to play. But they all shout out different things because everyone wants and favors different things. Everyone has different music preferences. Some people shout out for you to play opera. Some people shout out for you to play more upbeat rock style music. Some people want you to play other slower music. And so by trying to listen to the crowd, you're going all over the place. Because every, it, every, well, there's no dominant thing that the crowd all loves. So by trying to please them, you're a mess. And the musicians are no help because all the musicians want to play is their own instrument, right? The pianist recommends a longer piano solo. The violinist recommends a longer violin solo. Everyone is, has a kind of man of the instrument bias, as Abraham Maslow kind of coined the phrase. Uh, they all think their way is best, and it doesn't mean it's best, and it doesn't mean it's best for you. So intrinsic, on the other hand, the things that come from you, the things you like doing, are the opposite of that. That's the music you want to play. And you play it even if everyone leaves the audience. Because what sort of life do you have if the only music you play is determined by the audience. You know, you'll be running around, jumping around forever because what they want will move. You'll only ever be able to cater for the voice that's loudest at that time, but it won't last. And there's nothing keeping them there. So you bend 
your whole performance to them and they might leave at any time. So why do that? You know, why not play what's best for you? And intrinsic are those things that you do for the love of doing them. It's the thing in and of itself. If you need to get clear on it, interest. Uh, we talked about interests in episodes going completely off memory here. I'm going to say 50 and 51 or thereabouts. And to me, an interest, forget passion. <laughs> interest, more than anything else, is something that's not emotional. Uh, it's purely this curiosity thing, something that resonates with you. Something you're inter- I'm interested in sport. I don't get any social approval or money or anything for being interested in sport. When I sit down to watch a game of football, rugby league, or sometimes tennis, I'm purely enjoying it. So we're right at identifying that for a hobby, but sometimes we're bad at identifying intrinsic drives and reasons to do things in our professional lives and our careers and, and making, it, making it a bit bigger portion of day-to-day life. And we don't often give ourselves permission to do that. And that's the interesting thing. So the intrinsic versus extrinsic is very, uh, very deep, powerful concept and great to understand with amazing clarity and monitor. So I guess that's what I do today is just reflect on. And if you want to, if you're with it, got a pen and paper next to you, or if you can just think about it for the rest of uh, your day, whether you've just run to work or you're in the gym or you're doing your physio exercises or you're on the bus and the train, you're about to walk into the office or wherever you're going, you know, think about, well, what is, what is my audience of none? What would I do if no one was watching? Come up with two or three things even one is great and be honest what are the biggest extrinsic kind of drives i'm attracted to right now is it money is it praise do i really love and feel high when people give me praise or is it just like doesn't mean too much you know have that honest conversation with yourself and then come again tomorrow because we're going to talk about the downsides of extrinsic drives in way more detail. Um, So yeah, if you want more on that, there's plenty of blogs on intrinsic and extrinsic drives. You can just Google it and Joe Weeby or the website is www.withjoeweeby.com. But yeah, apart from that, just remember as always that the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. Thanks very much, guys. See you again tomorrow.